What's up, folks? You are tuned into the Failing Frequency. I am Ethan. And I'm Mike. And we like talking about Star Trek. Yeah. And it's been and it's been a, a quick week, hasn't it? You know, or Mate, yeah, we've had some time off. Time. Um, yeah, man. Uh, there's a little bit of news to catch up on. We've we've trimmed it right down because most of the news was just dross. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're gonna uh, we're gonna because there's been no new Star Trek out. Uh, at least you know not for a couple of weeks and not for a little while. So we're having to, uh, you know, basically mm-hmm. fill. We're, we're filling, we're, aren't we? We're filling. We're padding for time until mm. the card comes out. Um, but got some got some fun shit for you. I think it's fun anyway. Uh, uh, cool. Uh, some crossover between two of my uh, specialist subjects. Cool. Um, but before we get into any of that, man, how was uh, how was your time off? I was good. It was good. Uh, I I didn't have to. I, I was looking through on Letterbox what I'd watched in the last week and I was like I did I not watch anything the first week of January and I was like no because I watched fucking Star Trek <laughs> back to back didn't I mm. I was like it, it's been nice to have a break it's been nice to have a break busy week last week but good break yeah man how about yourself good good I caught up on I, I watched Willow the new series yeah. uh, based on the on the classic mm. and I'll tell you what I, I did. I did not like it at first, because I I was misremembering the movie Willow. Mm. I was remembering a. You remembering a, Time Bandits? No, I was remembering like a, a serious like fantasy epic. Hmm. Um, but the series is really silly. Yeah. And I'm like, this isn't this isn't okay. And then I rewatched Willow. That mm. film is silly. That film okay. is so silly. I, I can't remember watching Willow, and I, I'm sure I must have at some point because I've watched fucking everything at some point. Yeah, you were a, you but were it's... a child in the '90s. You must have watched it. Yeah, I I was a child in the '90s, left in front of a TV for far too long. I've watched many things far too we often. We all were. Yeah, um, but I can't remember Willow for the life of me. Um, I, I want to show you that something. This is the thing that I just grabbed right before. This is my one last thing that I grabbed right before we started filming. Um, mm. A belated Christmas present that arrived late because it came from China. And let me tell you, it looks like it came from China. Hold on. Okay. Oh, yeah. Look at this. Look at this monstrosity. That does look some of the... Um scratchiest material that i've ever seen what it looks like some of the scratchiest material that i've ever seen oh i i like i I will be wearing this when i have full intention of overheating i'm like do you know what i need to like like sweat out a fever Mm. or something like if i've got a parasite and i'm like oh i need to sweat this out i'm gonna fucking stick this on yeah yeah it's uh look at this look at that that. What, what a what a what a great fit! Uh, What's going on there? What, what is that? What great lines, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. This isn't this isn't even QMX quality. No. Eesh. How how dare the um, the eBay or wherever resellers the <laughs> Amazon resellers get you like that? I don't know. Hey, I didn't get this. I would not. Oh. I didn't buy this. This was bought for me. 
Okay. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I have a soft spot in my heart for tacky shit. Yeah. So I'll never throw this away. I don't think you'd be able to. It'll, it'll, <laughs> it'll still be here by the time, like, the 2300s roll around anyway. Yeah, I know. Do I put this in the recycling? Do I put this in the general waste? God, I'm getting this off because I've already got so many devices on. This room's hot as fuck. Yeah. Let's get into the news. News then. Yeah, so Michelle Yao won a Golden Globe. She did. Well well done to her for mm. everything, everywhere, all at once. Absolutely. What an amazing film. Yeah. You know, I, I was never in love with her character on um, track, but everything, everywhere, all at once, or, you know, it's well-deserved because she's had many characters over many, many years of great characters. Absolutely, yeah, forty yeah. like forty odd years in the movie industry. Yeah, um, totally deserved. Um, uh, my favorite bit of everything, everywhere, all at once was when they were rocks. Yeah, so deep, emotional, and just like, emotional. Oh God, I'd love to be a rock. Yeah, um, but yeah, but did you see the bit where uh, where they where they tried playing the music and she threatened to beat them up? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. They started. They started playing the music. They started playing her off, and she was like, "Turn the fucking music off. I will beat you up." <laughs> I know. I know. Stage um, kung fu. Don't mess with me. Hey, man. She she studied. She does. She, she does. studied in yeah. in Hong Kong. No, wait. In Hong Kong, she studied in one of those places where they fucking beat the beat shit out of children. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, I know. I watched. Um, what's the Bond movie she's in? Um, Tomorrow Never Dies. Yes, yeah. Um, and she did a load of her own stunts for that, didn't she? As oh, well, yeah. of course. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. With, with that award as well, there was they they said immediately afterwards the um, Trek people ran out and said, um, "Honestly, Section Thirty One is still um, in development." Honestly, honestly. Sure, totes. Yeah, I totes think, true. That um, this this now harder to get actress who is already booked <laughs> in um, for the next couple of Avatar films. I'm sure she would definitely love to take time off to do um, Star Trek. Michelle Yao in Avatar. Yeah, she's she's going to be in um, at least four and five, I think. Holy shit! She's she's so she's not in in the shape of the shape of water. The she's not in the of shape water. of water. No, she's not in that. Um, no, she doesn't no, she... fuck swamp thing in the in the shape of water. Whatever. The, <laughs> or the creature from the Black Lagoon, which is Doug Jones, which is her friend from. Oh my god. Oh my god! Maybe she is in the shape of water. Oh, yeah, yeah. They they say they say she's coming back, but realistically, is it is it going to happen? Probably not. Nah, no. I think she's probably uh, too expensive nowadays now. Yeah, um, either that or there's going to be some hardcore um, hostage negotiations. That's not the word I'm looking for, is it? Contract negotiations. Contract negotiations, yeah. Yes. They're, they'll um, hold one of their kids hostage, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Alex Kurtzman, you have mm. no shame. No. Um, did you see the new uh, poster for Picard season three? 
Yeah, everyone's very smooth on the front of it, aren't so they? So smooth, it's unsettling. Yeah. Mm. Especially yeah, because like people like um, Patch Dew, they still have their wrinkles on it. They still have their deep set wrinkles, but between all those wrinkles, it is like new leather. It is. It is incredible. <laughs> it, yeah, it's been a pinch over on the old um, touching people up, in my opinion. Yeah, man, that is some like early two thousands airbrushing. Yeah. Serious. I mean, it's a it's a nice enough poster. It's better than season one and season two for them. Um, but it, yeah, yeah, it's a bit smooth for me. Yeah, it's a lot smooth, and like, do, like all, like all of everything that I've seen of it, like immediately next to it is pictures of the actual cast, and like you say, there are those wrinkles, but yep. like we can immediately see all the wrinkles in between the wrinkles. Mm. Yeesh. Ha, have you seen? I, I I've now changed my theory for Picard season three. Because they keep on saying Bev's got a secret that she's been keeping from Picard and that they haven't seen each other for 30-odd years. What What's the one secret that TV um, guys know how to pull out their arse for that sort of situation? A kid? Yeah. You reckon there's going to be a kid? How many fucking kids has he got? Well, this would be the, the only official one. Well, he's got that other kid that was in one of those later episodes of TNG. They went rock climbing together. Yeah, it wasn't his real kid. Wasn't it? No. No. That's why um, in Generations, he's like, the Picards die with me now. It's like, all right, mate. (laughs) All right. It's not like, like, just like the Hitlers. (laughs) Just like the Hitlers. The the Picards are like the Hitlers. Yeah. 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 How good's your Nicolas Cage impression? Uh terrible. I, I practiced for all 30 seconds um <laughs> in the green room and I was like, I'm not putting this out. I've decided <laughs> not to put it out. And then I looked at because I, I did separate to all this, I found a link where it was live um deep faking and I was like I could deep fake my face and then it doesn't really matter what I like sound like because people will be looking at my face and I only had five minutes and I was like ah fuck it can't be asked <laughs> so yeah in a in an interview uh Nicolas Cage was asked if he'd be up for being in a Star Wars film and he responded mm. that he would rather be in Star Trek all right you ready for this yeah I don't know if I should go like I don't know what kind of Nick Cage energy, so I might try a couple of different ones. So change we'll sentence go. to sentence, like pick a film, like so, put the bunny down. So, yeah, so we'll go. We'll so I'll, I'll start with Vampire's Kiss. Yeah, I'm a Trekkie man. I'm See, I'm on is... the Star Trek. I'm on the Enterprise. That's where I roll. See, this is why I didn't do impression of him. <laughs> um, then what was it? What did you do? Put put the bunny down. Put so we'll the bunny down. That's a fact. I grew up watching Shatner. I thought Chris Pine was terrific in the movies. I think the movies <laughs> are outstanding. The movies. 
Oh Christ! Uh, yeah. Um, right, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Um, I'll go. Like interview Nick Cage. To me, what's can, can you fiction? can you beat <laughs> the interview where he did with like Parkinson, where he like did a backflip on his way in? <laughs> <laughs> what science fiction is all about, and why it's such an important genre. Is that it really, is that it is really where you can say whatever you want, however you feel. You put it, and uh, this is this thing. Yeah. Basically, he's he, saying he, he, he wants to run being there. Star Trek. What kind of role do you envision Nick Cage in Star Trek playing? Q. Q. Said on the group, yeah. And, and people pointed out Trelane in particular. And, and... Trelane would be good. Makes sense, um, Squire Gothos. Um, mm. Yeah, he has that. He could ha- have a similar sort of energy. Um, he'd love the Absolutely. clothes. Oh, he looks great in clothes. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a low key insult, like your first um, partner gives you. Like, oh, you look great in clothes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Like I could, I could see him as as Q or Trelane. Um, I would like to revisit. I've always wanted to revisit Trelane. I like the mm. idea of um, Q's kid from Voyager being turning out to be Trelane, and then yeah. his two energy blob parents that come come out and and put mm. him on the naughty step. They could be Q and and Lady Q. Yeah. Um, that would be fun. See mm. him. Uh, you know, he would definitely grow his own uh, sideburns for it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he he grows his own hair for all his roles. <laughs> um, I don't know what you're implying. Not at all. Nothing at all. Um, I don't know though. I think I think Nick Cage might be wasted if he's playing a, a, a you know a totally human looking thing. You know, he's um, he's. Cage is at his best when he's when he's playing an alien, even mm. when he's playing a human. What about something like Nagilim? Do you remember Nagilim? Oh, Nagi- yeah, the some, like green like a, face. Yeah, like a like a real Lovecraftian like creature. Yeah, well, he's just a, a flying weird like flat face, isn't he? If yeah. if you just had you know you turn on the view screen and Nick Cage. Just his face is out there like he's Andros from Lyle at Wars. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like the close-ups in Mandy. Yeah. Ooh, haunting. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would love that shit. Mm. Um, we got some Star Trek nominations. Lower Decks is nominated for an Annie Award. Mm. What the fuck is an Annie Award? I, I like to think it's, it's best portrayal of Annie, so the red-haired um, orphaned child. Um, okay, but it's just so the animation. Boimler, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it, um, it's sadly just the animation awards. It's an animation awards thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Discovery nominated for the GLAAD and NAACP awards. So the GLAAD is the um, Gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, and queer media advocacy or advocacy organization. So I'm just going to bring the tablet up. 
Do have you noticed a couple of those letters don't get letters in glad? I, I'm not the best yeah, of spellers that's, that's in the why world. I'm confused. <laughs> um, gay, lesbian, uh, alliance. <laughs> it's funny because like gay means happy, and so does glad. Yeah. Uh, and then NAACP, the uh, National Association for the Advancement of Coloured People. Um, so yeah. yeah. It it's done stuff in those tracks, you know. Absolutely. I I like last season, but it it, mm-hmm. it does better representation wise than most shows, certainly. Absolutely, but yeah, you, they def, Discovery definitely deserves that award. Mm. Um, and if you disagree, you're wrong. Uh, the Leonard Nimoy Memorial is again moving forward which is something we know. Uh, but they've had a, a big injection of money from one of the... And, excuse me. From one of the Android co-founders. Mm. And I'm just now, for the first time, actually seeing what the statue is going to be. It's going to be a big one of them. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a, a statue of Spock. Yeah. I don't I don't mind it being the um, Vulcan Sloop. Yeah. Um, that wrist is dead skinny. I mean, I can't talk, but... Yeah. You remember COVID? I do. It was Uh, so long ago. I know, it was ages ago. Mm. Um, LeVar Burton has joined up with the Leonard Nimoy family for a Star Trek-themed COVID vaccine campaign across LA. There's a bunch of billboards and shit. You know, LA and their billboards, they love that shit. Mm. What the fuck? Yeah. How are people still not vaccinated? Yeah. Did no one watch the fucking Star Trek Strange New Worlds episode about the outbreak and everyone was horny for light? Yeah. Horny for light? Did no one watch that? It's, I mean, I was saying in the green room last night, I hate these news stories. Because what are you supposed to say other than, um, A, people should be vaccinated. B, Star Trek is, like, good with science and this is a science thing and great. What what are you supposed to say other than that? Like, there are, there are people who are too um, thick-headed, really. Or there are people who are thick-headed and there are people who medically can't get the vaccine. And, you know, I don't know who's this supposed to be appealing to. And, unfortunately, all the manufacturers of the vaccine are, have gone, well, we can just charge... $100 more per dose now. Oh, my God. Um, even though the government fucking paid for it. Yeah, fucking COVID sucks. Sorry, we're having technical hiccups, folks. Um, mm. I say we. It's, it's, um, I'm having technical hiccups. Um, God damn it. Cisco's bringing out an autobiography. He is. Um, on his writing of the Fung song. Um... <laughs> um, how do you think, like, at what, at what point uh, do you think Benjamin Sisko managed to, to write uh, an autobiography when, like, before or after he ascended to a higher plane of existence? I I don't I think it's going to be before I think mm. it'll be after the final battle 
it'll close off after the final battle. Yeah. Um, but not the fire cave stuff. And I think it'll be top and tailed by Jake, which just makes sense to me. Because I, I know they brought the, the Cisco back in the comics and stuff like that, but I, I can't see them having that tie in to this novel at all. I think it's supposed to be a standalone piece. Makes sense. Mm. Uh, is it edited by the by the same guy? I mean, you did you read the autobiography? I've read the Kirk, the Picard, and the Janeway one. Um, I think they were all done by the same person. I haven't read the Spock one yet. I believe the Spock one is out and is all right. That um, I am Spock by Leonard Nimoy. No, this is a, this is a different one. I think I have read I am Spock years ago. Um, I haven't read I am not Spock. No, I've read I'm not Spock. I haven't read I am Spock. Um, but yeah, there, there's like in the same vein as the Kirk, the Picard, the um, Janeway one, there's a Spock one already. And mm. this is just going to be an addition to it. And then they can get round to my boy Archer. Archer forever. Yeah, man. Maybe. Maybe yeah. someone will even read it. What is going on with my lighting? Hold on. I will read it. Um, when you say, my boy Archer. This is, 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 oh, I just... We haven't got to the main topic and this is our worst episode yet. I know, it's it's all chaos and it's all at my end. Like, I've got far too many devices, each doing one thing. Mm. I'm in a child's bedroom, um, hence the backdrop, which yeah. I think is... It's part of the reason as to why my lighting is doing this. Mm. Uh, okay, last bit of news. Cheeky bit of mm. shat in the face in your fucking in your fucking gullet. Um, yeah, but cool. with with flecks of um, spicy catty George Takei. Yeah, George Takei. For a guy who um, says that you know he doesn't want to think about Shatner anymore, he certainly thinks about Shatner. <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, he wasn't really in outer space, and it wasn't for very long. I hate this type of news story as well. All these news stories, it's just going to be a section where it's like, Mike hates news. <laughs> I've also been in zero gravity, but I did it for longer. Mm. I, I took a parabolic flight and experienced five minutes of weightlessness, whereas William only experienced three minutes. <laughs> All, 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 both of them are, are people, you know, there's always, everyone's got that friend who's always like, oh, don't even think about my ex that much. And it's like, yeah, you know, she was terrible. And you're like, mate, you left, like you broke up like six years ago. Just leave it. You're like, well, you know, don't even think about it, but you know, I'm doing much better than, than they are. And you're like, yeah, but you, why, why do you need to keep mentioning it then? And all they are. Is too Takei is too catty for his own good, and Shatner's too much of an arsehole for his own good, obviously. No, what they are, right? They are mm. examples of a particular class of people love attention mm. and never grow up. Yeah. That that's act they're actors. That's, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're actors. They're they're that particular class of actor 
who just uh, like have have constantly been rewarded for being the center of attention. There's that great. There's a great song by um, by uh, Bo Burnham. It's called "Art Is Dead," um, and yeah, it's just it's just a song about douchebags who have consistently been rewarded for being the center of attention and yeah. uh, have never had to grow up. Mm. Yeah, that you know they are two people that deserve each other as far as I'm concerned out of it. You know, I, I was I was all on the um we know me I've I've hated Shatner for a, a good while and I've been at a case sympathizer out of it because you know the enemy of my enemy sort of thing but really Absolutely. they 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 deserve each other <laughs> they deserve to get it to whatever afterlife they both believe in and um not be able to get through the gates of um you know shangri-la because they're having bitchy cat fights outside it but yeah that's it for the news and hopefully that's Good. it for an, any more technical difficulties on my part um Let's get into how do, how do you feel about all of that? <laughs> I, I I feel that oh, at one point I'm just going to have to put a clock on the news and say after 15 minutes we're moving the fuck on. <laughs> right? Yeah. Totally. I hate the fucking news. We get, like we're gonna have to like stop the clock anytime. Can, can yeah. I can I request that we stop the clock whenever I whenever I encounter a technical hiccup? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'll get one of those chess clocks and I'll like flip it over to count the other side when you're in technical oh. hiccup. Right. Let's talk about the fucking thing we're going to talk about. You right. Descri so, describe what we're talking about. So, um, in a little crossover between two of my special interests, um, this week and next week, we're going to be doing parts one and two of what I'm calling... Conspiracy track. Mm. Be more excited. Conspiracy. Woo! Now, we're going to preface all of this by saying that we don't believe in conspiracy theories, except the actual ones. Except the the ones that yeah no the, those are conspiracy facts. Yeah yeah. Operation MK Ultra. Mm. Um, you know, contra shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the stuff. financial interests of various world leaders. These are all things that we know for facts. Yeah. This isn't what we're talking about, and a lot of what we're going to talk about today is confirmed fact. But there is also a lot of nonsense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so what what are we talking about today then? So. To get into what we're talking about today and how it relates to Star Trek, let's talk about uh, a classic episode of Star mm. Trek Deep Space Nine, Little Green Men. Uh, yeah. Did you have a chance to uh, to go back and rewatch it? I did. And I even produced for us, if we want me to do it, a two-minute episode rundown to go remind people what it is. Absolutely. Quark uses Nog traveling to Earth for Starfleet Academy to test out a new shuttle he was gifted by his cousin Gala um, and to smuggle some chemosite to uh, Orion. The shuttle has been sabotaged by Gala and only through the fast action of Rom do the Fer Ferengi survive. 
They wake up on Earth, but in the past, 1947 in Roswell, New Mexico, to be exact. The humans have captured the Ferengi. Quark tries to sell them warp technology and weapons. The humans interrogate them, and eventually, with the help of Odo, who stowed away on the ship, and two sympathetic humans, do the Ferengi escape and travel back to the future, riding a wave of an atomic bomb. Sweet. Um, what do you think of the episode? It's it's a good episode. It's a it's a funny one as well, really. It's or, you know, very funny. Funny for DS Nine, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. you know it's a Ferengi episode. A lot of the Ferengi episodes are some of the funnier episodes. Yeah, and it, it's um, it's one of the best of the Ferengi ones, I would say. Where yeah. they're pretty much yeah. the only people that feature, mm-hmm. or for, for me at least. It's got a great that guy. Um, I've got him now. Um, What's his name? Charles Napier. Charles Napier. Oh, yeah. like four. Top tier, that guy. Playing Lieutenant General Danning. Mm-hmm. Um, he also played Adam in the TOS episode, The Way to Eden. So he's the hippie in that, or one of the hippies in that. Hey, man. Mm. Don't be of- such a herbert. Yeah. Another one of um, that guy is um that girl so the nurse garland the mm-hmm. the woman the one woman in this uh, episode um mm-hmm. is played by megan gallagher who star trek wise played um Muriel, um in ds9 invasive procedures where they try and uh cut out dax and give it to a guy okay season yeah. one and uh, she also played Jaren in the Voyager episode Body and Soul, where the Doctor mm-hmm. gets a hard-on for her in Seven's body. I remember that yep. one episode. Great episode. Get, Great guess episode who she's like... the sister-in-law as well of, before I forget. Um, Catherine Hicks. Gillian Taylor from um, Star Trek Search for Spock. Oh, no, Voyage Home. The scientist, the whale scientist. She's sister-in-law oh, right. of the whale scientist. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. I thought that was a good one. So much like six degrees of Star Trek going on. Mm. I mean, everyone's like, been everywhere. Everyone's everyone's been in Star Trek. Yeah. Um, does her character have a name? I'm guessing not because she's... She's uh oh Nurse Garland. Nurse oh, Garland. Good for her. Yeah. Uh, despite Played being a woman in nineteen forties America. Yeah. Um she she was allowed to have a name, but she wasn't allowed pockets. No. Um, I, I I'm surprised that well, she was the only woman in in the episode, probably. Um, other than maybe uh Dax is in Quark's bar at the start. Mm-hmm. But they're like, um, oh, you've brought your husband or husband-to-be, fiancé or whatever, onto the base. And the only reason we're, you're, we're talking to you, Professor, is because um, you're engaged to this um, nurse. And it's like, it's a weird flimsy way to get a professor there for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially considering the content of the episode, you would think they would need a, they would they would want a scientist around. Yeah. Although the military surely has a couple of scientists that they can fly in. Yeah. But yeah, all in all, an okay episode. Yeah. Um. But now, can I ask you? Do you prefer this episode 
or do you prefer the Future Armor episode, which is pretty much this? <laughs> um, I think the Future Armor episode, it's zanier. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Emmy one winning. Thing I did like, one thing I did like in this episode was the f- like finding out that the Universal Translator is mm. in the headbands of the Ferengi. Is it in the headbands or in the ears? I thought it was it in, in the, the ears. I thought it was in the headbands. Isn't Quark showing him the headband? Because I think they're poking into the ear. All right, ignore me. Yeah, yeah. It, it. <laughs> I, I could swear it's like a, a babble fish sort of thing. And he's saying, you know, he's looking down it and he's saying, I can't see a universal translator. And he's going like, I, I, I assure you it's there. So it's, it's, a, it's a fun episode. It's kind of zany. Futurama was zanier. Um, but what what would you say, Mike, if I told you that this episode was based on real life? I would say I don't know what you mean. <laughs> so, now we're going to talk about the real Roswell incident. Yeah. Okay, so a little bit of background. Mm. Okay. In Roswell 19- was a TV show that came out in the 90s. <laughs> And it was generally considered bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Um, yeah. So, uh, it's 1947. Okay? Mm-hmm. This is just the background setting. Mm-hmm. Okay? There is, a, there is a pilot called Kenneth Arnold um, who has seen flying saucers <clears throat> while mm-hmm. on a flight in Oregon. Okay? They've, they've sidled yep. up next to him. He says that, that he can see them scanning him. He reports that to the media. Flying saucer shit goes, like, cross-country. Everyone's talking about flying saucers. Everyone's mm-hmm. looking up at the skies. Everyone's, everyone's, everyone's got their eye out for UFOs, what mm-hmm. we would now call UAPs. About a week later, on July the 2nd, um, people in Roswell, New Mexico report seeing flashes in the sky and loud bangs. They hear loud bangs in the sky. But there's a man called Mac Brazel. He's a farmer. He doesn't know about any of this. He lives in the adjacent town to Roswell, New Mexico. He lives in a little place called Corona. Hmm. He, he's, a, he's a great fan of the Fast and Furious movies, you know. He loves it. <laughs> He yeah. loves Fast and Furious. He loves yeah. weak lager. He loves COVID. Yeah. Um, he goes out on a drive. He's, he's herding sheep. Yeah. And he finds a shitload of debris all over his farm. Talking We're talking a, French cheese everywhere. <laughs> talking a debris field about a quarter of a mile long about a quarter of a mile wide Hmm. um this he's unaware of the ufo hysteria that's going on across the country yeah to him he's just like god damn it there's a bunch of fucking shit all over my fucking farm and i've got to herd these fucking sheep Hmm. across it so he has to take them round. it's a pain in the ass there's a huge gouge in the sand leading up to this debris field the sand, allegedly... Is turned to glass. Is turned to glass. Yeah. Um, a rubber-like material that he took home wouldn't burn, it wouldn't melt. 
and the legendary light metallic material that mm. when crumpled up, when you released it, it would return, it would, it would keep its shape. You crumple it up, then when you let go of it, it would return to its previous shape. Mm. And what some people uh, call magic mirror. On July the 5th, 1947, Mac Brazel goes into town. He goes for a drink. He's in the bar. He starts telling his friends about it. And his friends say, yo, dog. Yo, yo, that sounds yo. like a, you've got a crashed flying saucer on your property. Mm. Brazel makes that connection. And so he reports it to the local sheriff. On July 7th, he takes some of the debris to the sheriff. The sheriff reports that to the local airfield base. So now he brought brings in the U.S. fucking Air Force. Yeah. Um, Jesse, Major Jesse Marcel is assigned to investigate the incident on July 8th. He takes samples back to the base, gives it to William Blanchard, who then sent it to another guy, General Ramey. Now, if... But that guy in that episode of Little Green Men, if he is anyone... He was called General Ramey. He was called General Ramey, if he was mm. anyone. Okay? Which leads to a press release. And this is one of the reasons why the Roswell incident is a thing. Okay? Yeah. Big Roswell newspaper da- story. An actual newspaper story. The mm. Roswell Daily Record on uh, on... Let me just get that on July the 8th. Yeah. RAAF captures flying saucer on ranch in Roswell region. No Mm. details of flying disc are revealed. Roswell hardware man and wife report disc seen. Um, It's kind of hard to read, but essentially the, the press release says that they found a fucking flying saucer. Yeah. Not... Not making any claims here. We're not saying it's definitely from outer space, but we're not saying it's not from outer space. They then release. Then ev- everything goes wrong. Like the, the general Ramey's like, "What the fuck you doing? You need to retract that statement." Like what happens in Little Green Men, and they say, Be- "Yeah, we we shut down that idiot." Yeah, shut down that idiot. Tell everyone mm. it was a fucking weather balloon. Yeah. Uh, which leads to the picture that quite you know famous pictures of um, what's his name Jesse Marcel holding up bits of the debris, hmm. and this is when some of the conspiracy thought comes into it because there's a few different pictures from a few different angles, and um, Jesse Marcel has a face. <laughs> he has a face. How dare he? Has he has a face. I mean, it would have been more of a conspiracy if he had no face at all, if he was just like a blank canvas there. Well, (laughs) the face that he's got is he's kind of got like a what-the-fuck face on. And a lot of people, you know, he would go on to say in later interviews, like he got brought into this room and he was like, this is absolutely not what was found at the crash site. Yeah. Um, And he, you know, and it became like a deathbed confession. He was like, you know, in, in his old age, he's... He's telling people that the government told him to say that that's what he found. That's absolutely not what he claims to have found. And his son would also reveal that, yeah, that's absolutely not what he found. I know what he found 
because before he took it to to his higher ups, he brought it home. Mm. And so he, you know, so so Jesse Marcel has found a bunch of fucking UFO debris. He's taken it home yeah. to show his kids because he's like, this is gonna get fucking. This is this is all gonna get um, seized by the government. So this is your one and only chance to see. You know, debris from a genuine flying saucer. What what or, what are you thinking so far? <laughs> or or you know, it, let I mean, I, I'm more than happy to say I'll I'll, I'll throw my non conspiracy version of it now, so we don't have to go back to it later. Or it's an unidentified flying object of some degree for the people on the ground. And it's either military tech from the U.S. government or it's military tech from somewhere else. And generally, it's not a great idea to announce that you've captured military tech um, that you don't want to announce, especially if it's your own tech that crashed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny you mentioned that. Yeah. Put put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. Mm. Um, So... You know, the government has come out saying that this it was a weather balloon. Um, people mm. of Roswell and Corona for years would be like, listen, we see fucking weather balloons crashing around here all the fucking time. That wasn't no weather balloon. Mm. Um, there was a man called Sheridan Cavett who was assigned uh, with Marcel to investigate the crash. Um, who years later, in various different interviews, would either claim that he wasn't there, mm-hmm. or he would claim that he was there, but there was nothing there, or he would refuse to take part in an interview. This is all the kind of stuff that starts to feed into conspiracy thoughts, the kind of stuff that, that brings doubts into people's mind. It's the, it's the kind of thing that gets people's attention and makes them question, but what if? Mm. And the story essentially dies for about 20 years um, until Stanton Friedman and Project Blue Book get their, uh, um, have their attention drawn to it. Do you know anything about Project Blue Book? So from my understanding, Project Blue Book was an expansion of asking U.S. citizens to send in their UFO um, reports and then they'd strip out the ones that were the U2 and other ones that they knew that they'd done themselves to try mm-hmm. and find actual UFOs, be they terrestrial or extraterrestrial. Exactly. Essentially, it's not so much about proving UFOs so as mm. much as they were about disproving them and then mm. seeing what was left. Yep. Um, in the years since, there were various revelations. Um, the, a farmhand, a guy who worked with Mac Brazel, um, went do lally. Um, you know, he, he, he would also either say crazy shit in interviews or he would refuse interviews or he would freak the fuck out in interviews. Mm. Um, he would, would fade into obscurity. Um, a local mortician would later report having um, been... um, This is really stupid. Mm. Um, He claims that the United States Air Force got in touch with him to see how many child-sized coffins he could make in a short space of time. 
And what if these children had big heads? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, I mean, how big? Because they've got to have that shape. You know? Like, no, they've got to be full trapezoid. No, yeah. full whatever that shape is. Again, story fades into obscurity um, until there a guy called Paul Benwitz um, mm. starts drawing more attention to the, Ro- to the to the Roswell airfield. He is a an amateur. Um, you know, he he's an astronomer. He watches the skies. He's playing around with an, with with radios and stuff. Sure. He starts listening in on the United States Air Force's fucking uh, communications network mm. and starts hearing a bunch of weird noises. He sees strange lights rise from the airbase, listens in on strange transmissions. He gets in contact with the airbase to say, listen, you your shit is not secure. Yeah. Rather than discourage him and say, listen, stop listening in on our fucking stuff. A man called Special Agent Richard Doty decides to discredit him, giving him fake codexes, tampering with his equipment, mm. and making him believe that he was listening in on alien transmissions. In over the next ten years, he would be gang stalked by members of the American intelligence agency, or mm. claim to be. Or believe um, he was. You know, Mm. leading to a full mental breakdown. Mm. A very public one, which, again, drew a lot of attention. In 1984, the government reveals that there was something covered up. They said it's classified information. It's all redacted. We are not going to talk about it. Yeah. But something did happen at Roswell. Which, you know, there are obvious signs of a cover-up here. You know, the changing of stories, messing with people who get too close to the information. You know, people in the periphery of the story all being affected by what happened. There there was a cover-up of some kind. Yeah. Um, Eventually, in 1994, a congressman called Stephen Sch- a congressman called Stephen Schiff decides to investigate the incident. Mm. He turns up information regarding what the government was covering up. And the yeah. United States government, surprise, surprise, was covering up something cool. But it wasn't a UFO. Here we get Project Mogul. Do you know anything mm. about Project Mogul? Was it just the spy plane one? Or the um triangular shaped spy plane that No, that that was that was a different thing. Okay. That was later. So Project um, Mogul was a top secret um intelligence gathering weather balloon. Mm. It was designed to essentially detect nuclear testing going on in Russia. So the balloon would go up to a certain point where the atmosphere from, you know, reverberations in the atmosphere that happened because of nuclear explosions going on in Russia would 
eventually hit it. Seems like a silly place to um, put that, considering they did nuclear testing in um, or or just next to Roswell. We'll detect this nuclear testing over in Russia, but not the nuclear testing net that's right here, of course. (laughs) Well, no, because, you know, if they did fucking... Yeah, yeah, well, that might have been why it fell out of the fucking sky. Yeah, (laughs) that or it's just being tested there against their own stuff. Oh, shit, we didn't know you were doing a nuclear test there. We were testing a balloon that was supposed to detect their nuclear Mm -hmm. testing over there. Yeah. It was too close. Just like the balloon don't work. We're expecting this is only for very far away nuclear explosions. And he's like, how far is far? How far? (laughs) So at this point, we've had the, the story has changed four times. Various people have um, had mental breakdowns of varying degrees. Reports of gang stalking. Um, mm. Conflicting reports from conflicting intelligence agencies. Um, all investigating the same thing. All leading to, you know, probably the, the, the longest and, and probably one of the most deeply held conspiracy theories of the 20th century you know Mm. this the roswell incident itself really is the birth of conspiracy thought in the modern age yeah Uh, and i think and i think it's important to be able to look at the facts Mm. And try Look at not the people to... who have just been there to make money. Hello, Bob Look Lazar. At people that have just been there to make money. <laughs> people like you know Bob Lazar. People. Um... It's not even so much looking at the people that that just there to make money, but it's it's people that are mm. filling in the gaps because there's a lot of gaps. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of you know there's gaps. There's conflicting information, and mm. the um, the impulse to. Fill in those gaps. Mm. You know, it's logically fallacious, but it's it's a difficult impulse to 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 fight back against. Yeah, but I think it's important to to look at this story because it is the birth of modern conspiracy thought. Um, mm. You know, have you ever watched Zeitgeist? Don't think so. It's a it's a conspiracy documentary from from maybe about twenty years ago. And it links a lot of stuff back to this. And from this to, like, the Nazis and the Knights Templar. And it just, it draws all these crazy, innocuous lines. Yeah. Um, but it is it is just a collection of wild claims. Yeah, there which, is, there... you know, has surrounded Roswell forever. You know, alien yeah. autopsy videos, um which links back to Trek that didn't um, Riker in in what what's his show where it's fact or fiction? Fact or fiction, is, yeah. Is it just called fact or fiction? Okay, it might be um, beyond belief. Fact beyond or belief, fiction. fact or fiction. Yeah, he, I I remember one of them about um, the alien autopsy. Yeah, and again, another mm. conspiracy theory that people to this day still question despite it being thoroughly debunked almost immediately. Um, Roswell, thoroughly debunked continuously since it happened. It was a weather balloon. 
The, the okay, it wasn't a weather balloon, but it was a fucking balloon. You know? The government really didn't help themselves as well, or did help themselves, depending on um, what crashed, in that having this smokescreen of aliens and making Area 51 this big thing because they only really um, confirmed Area 51's existence fairly recently, like in, in mm-hmm. our lifetime, certainly. You know, it, it just pulls out all the crazies to focus on one place. So you can do other stuff in other places um, and do minimal work in Area 51, really, do it all underground. Mm-hmm. Because you can have yeah, people it's... like Bob Lazar. Who yeah. makes up shit for a living? Hey man, he he's good at making shit up. Is um, he though? Yeah, people. It's like being tell, a good liar. You need to be consistent. Yarn. No, he spins but he, a good yarn. It's like lying. You need to be consistent in lying, and he's not amazingly consistent. Yeah. Um, his the problem with Bob Lazar is his defense of, like, you prove, you prove to me that I'm wrong. It's like, yeah. That you 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 know you don't you can't prove you you don't yeah. try and disprove negative claims, but mm. whatever. Um, it doesn't help that um, Richard Dote got involved. You know, mm. fucking with Paul Benowitz, making it look as though there was something to be covered up, as part yeah. of like an exercise of can we make someone think that they have found something. He is Hmm. also quoted as saying, I'm paraphrasing here, um, but it's something along the lines of, you know, the best way to hide a secret is by telling a half-truth. Yeah. Super suspicious fucking thing to say. Mm. I Um, mean, it's just the overall... The idea of aliens and the idea of ufos did benefit the u.s government you know provably and it was a narrative pushed by them provably because Mm -hmm. if you've got the u2 that's flying three times as high as um you know your military aircraft and a military aircraft spots something that's that's glistening in the sun then you can go oh i don't know what it was oh spooky but you see, this that's the thing. You just said it right there. We don't know what it is. You know, we've had UAP footage come out over the past few years. Tom mm. DeLong from, from Blink-182 broke it to the press. You know, United yeah. States Navy um, pilots, you know, following Tic Tacs. Mm. You know, and, and we don't know what they are. Yeah. it It's incredible as well. Trek... To, to do a minorly linking back into track has a history, uh, a long history of referencing this sort of stuff and pilots seeing craft. And, and the Enterprise is, is spotted by a, um, a US fighter pilot who's trying to keep up with it. Um, so in the Star Trek timeline, there has been a Roswell incident where Ferengi got la- you know, landed there and there has been a um, a fighter pilot spotting the a Enterprise, a UAP or, or a UFO back then, spotting um, spotting it flying over 
presumably Nevada. They, I don't know whether they would have resisted calling it Nevada at the time. Um, it's all the same logical fallacy, and it's it's what they call the in in theological debate. It's what's called the God of the Gaps fallacy. You know, it's when when a theist fills in their gaps of in their knowledge with God. Mm. Um, but in this instance, it's aliens. And it's a government cover-up of, of contact with those aliens. But, you know, the the response to that isn't necessarily... You're, you're talking nonsense. The response to things like that, in my opinion, should always be more questions. Yeah. And to, to the person making wild claims, you mm. know? The, the 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 biggest question the first question to ask is but why who benefits who benefits mm. from covering up um fucking contact with aliens why would the government benefit from that of course they would then respond with um various wild claims of ufo's appearing over um, the White House and a deal struck between um, Dwight Eisenhower and a grey alien by the name of Valiant Thor. But we'll save that for another time. But yeah. Yeah, like like a lot of these conspiracy theories, you have to think about, like the, um, like the faked, wink, wink, moon landing, um, the amount of people to cover it up would put it at this outrageous um, piece of statecraft more than, you know, most things you've ever seen before or most anything that we've ever had released as statecraft before where yeah. their enemy at the time are, are more than happy to go along and say, no, you did beat us to the moon and stuff like that. There's that yeah. Mitchell and Webb sketch where they say, we need to fake the moon landing. And they go, well, it, it's going to be really expensive with catering. It might be cheaper to film the fake moon landing on the moon. It probably <laughs> would have been just as expensive. Like, no no joke. Like, mm. it would have been just as expensive to fake the moon landing as it was to actually go to the fucking moon. Because yeah. don't forget, people are also people also think it was fucking Kubrick who did it. Mm. Like F famously, you can just pick you know um, Hollywood directors and and pick them out and get them to film stuff. <laughs> I, I will say though, if you haven't seen the film Capricorn One, um, Capricorn One is an amazing film that is um, it's about. They're faking the moon landing and the astronauts don't know it's going to be faked and they just get, rather than being put in the rocket, they get shuffled off somewhere. And then it is, honestly, don't break out of here. And they're just trying to break out and announce the news that, um, you know, they're not actually landing on the moon. You know, they're trying to get anyone to see them while they're um, supposed to be deep in space. Um, it, it's a it's a great film from the seventies, maybe seventies um, or eighties. Great it's, film. It's, I'll I'll put it on my list. It's got a cool helicopter chase in it. Yeah, I um I still can't believe that we've never had um, an opportunity to use the um, saucer separation 
capabilities of a Federation starship as as a UFO. Yeah, it is incredible, isn't it? Really, I, I wonder whether because the TOS Enterprise was designed to be able to do that, mm. um, and it they had landing done. feet and the should've like. I wonder if that was something that they were spitballing, but couldn't get the model budget to do it or the special effects budget to, to make the model to do it. Because, it, it, you know, it's the reason there are transporters. <laughs> you know, you can understand them being like, if, if we can't afford a fucking shuttle, we can't afford you to break the ship in half and rebuild this 12-foot model or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so that's the Roswell incident. Um, yeah. That's that is you know like like I've been saying that is the very much the birth of modern conspiracy thought, and mm. um, certainly the birth of modern you know alien based conspiracy thought. Um, I'm just trying to find this. Um, I'm just gonna have to send you the link. These videos started coming up all over the internet today. Okay. Okay, so <clears throat> obviously that means they're all over TikTok. So I'm going to send, so I've just sent you a three minute video. I just want you to, to have a look at that. These are spheroid UAPs that have been spotted all over the United States. Okay, where, where have you sent it to? I sent it to you on Facebook. Um, these have all been spotted over the past twenty four hours, so we'll see. We'll see how this pans out. But tell me what you think of those. Did you manage to? So did you see the videos? I did. I did. It's a fucking balloon. It's a fucking balloon. <laughs> it's a balloon. It's, it's a balloon a... or it's a drone. It's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely, like a cool looking drone. Yeah. Um. The, the thing that I think is interesting is over maybe the last decade, conspiracy theories have gone a lot less cool. Can't wait to see what happens with these fucking balloons. <laughs> give, give, it a, give it a week and a fucking drone company will be marketing them, being like, hey, this was just viral marketing for our drones. Yeah, mate, don't you want one? Yeah. Not particularly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, live long and prosper, motherfuckers. Oh, live long and prosper, um, you motherfuckers. Peace and long life, double damasses. <laughs>